Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. So good to be back here with you guys. Uh, we've got Tom with us, who was conspicuously absent during the Super Bowl last weekend. Uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, make any assumptions about where Tom was exactly, but uh, I'll, we'll just let you guys fill in the blanks on that. Um, how's it going, Tom? How you been? Um, I, I, the Chiefs won. I'm I'm in good shape. Yeah, my well-being was dependent upon that. So you know, I know that's really emotionally sober. Um, but I'm okay for now. You're rooting for the yeah, of course you were rooting for the 49ers. Yeah, me and my sponsee watched it, and uh, we did. We we were doing some reading in the big book, kind of like during halftime, and I was like, uh, out of the corner of my eye, I was watching uh, Usher gyrate, and uh, mm -hmm. it was it was a good time. And I set up an exercise bike, which I think I talked to you guys a little bit about last time. Didn't want to waste any time in introducing Howard Ma Mallets. Yeah, Howard Mallets. Yep, that's it. Yeah, you were with us last weekend, and Alan uh, thought, and I agreed. You know, it was one of our best episodes because, you know, we weren't expecting you to drop in, mm -hmm. and um, you just really cut to the quick about like, you know, this this issue of financial insecurity and yeah. uh, an emotional sobriety, and it was just. Very moving, you know, for me. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be here. It's good to see you, Patrick. It's good to see you, Tom. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do miss seeing Tom in person. We had a we had a uh, an open chair uh, session uh, in public. Uh, I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. that uh, back. At the oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. I remember. Uh, I, I really am seriously looking forward to another one. Your 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 perspective, uh, although similar to to Alan, was. Uh, along it's just a little little different spot on the highway uh where where i hadn't yet visited and it gave me uh it, it really catapulted me into some more recovery so it was so well, good to good. see you well too. that's a good thank you too howard that's a good way to describe it because that's something that that i have wa struggled a little bit with with just describing to other people because alan and i we you know we know we have a lot in common in terms mm -hmm. of how we approach stuff but when we get down to the actual work we're what i would say from my experience is we're actually very different in terms of, of but it, but it's it's complementary it's like we we will you know we can sit with the same client and we will go for we will go for something um each of us is a little different, but I, I think one of the things in working with both of us in these workshops, it shows is that there's never just one way, you know, right. that there's so, there's so much available to us to, uh, that if we just are paying attention and we track where people are going, we can really get into some good stuff. And I remember that piece of work you did. And uh, I mean, I, th I thoroughly, I was thoroughly involved and thoroughly enjoyed doing it. And, and man, you, you were, you were, you were right there as present as anybody I've ever seen work. So I, I still, I still think about that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, that's something. What's the mm -hmm. secret to this emotional sobriety? I said, you got to be there. Uh, that's it, but that's it. The secret, yeah. I'm writing it down. The secret to emotional sobriety is you got to be there. Yep. Presence is, is what right. it's all about. My sobriety date is uh, January 14th, 1989. Uh, and I got sober when I was 21 years old. Uh, so I just Whoa. recently celebrated 35 years, continued sobriety. I'm 56 years old. And, you know, for that 35 years, one of my little kind of uh, tags on that is, you know, it's been the best 28 years of my life. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, <laughs> right, Tom? I like it. I like it. I like it. You know, and it's kind of like a, 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 a I always say to people, you know, it's like, and, and my disease isn't, isn't always that impressed with the 35 years either. Uh, mm. cause what's happened in that beautiful way to put it. No, the yeah. disease is not impressed. <laughs> right. 
And, and that's, uh, hell, that's good. Because the, the piece that, that I, I sometimes try to tell people is, you know, because I got sober at such a young age, uh, almost every, you know, inconsiderate, you know, selfish, you know, amends type of behavior was all done sober. You know, um, you know, I, I lost my job sober. I, I got mm-hmm. married and then divorced and then married again sober. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last week I talked about the bankruptcy all sober, you know, all yeah. of my behaviors, all of the, you know, all that we talk about burning our own house down, that kind of thing, all done, you know, w- with step work and sponsorship and meetings and all that stuff. Um, because I did not get to, uh, some of the stuff we talk about, uh, you know, here, here in our, our, our workshops, emotional sobriety or the podcast, wow. uh, just, just, I, I was, it, things were good enough. Right. Um, mm-hmm. until, you know, things got painful, right? And didn't know mm-hmm. why I couldn't couldn't get out of it. So, you know, this emotional sobriety stuff is somewhat f- familiar to me um, in the sense that I, in the 90s, when like John Bradshaw showed up and, you know, Chopra yep. and, and, and Oprah had all these people on and your inner child <laughs> and all that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, that is like what, what I, I see the, the roots that we look at today is kind of where they, yeah. you know, it's, it started there and it sprouted. And then there was no connection to AA though, in my, in my, in the sense right. of Bill, Bill Wilson's letter that Alan has connected, you know, to this, to this work. So mm-hmm. when you know, I'll say about five years ago, uh, you know, Tommy, uh, Potash introduced me, he says, Oh, here, here's a free CD. Here's a CD, emotional sobriety. It was Alan and Herb talking. And I was like, Oh, oh where have I been with this stuff? You know, I never heard this guy before. And so I started listening. I started reading. I started going to workshops and um, got into, uh, I was just talking to a guy who, um, I have a feeling I'm going to end up being his sponsor, but um, about the the ground glass part of recovery. Um, And what I mean by that is I was telling him a story where back in the 90s, my car got broken into and my stereo got taken and, you know, they messed it up a little bit, but, you know, insurance paid to have everything restored. I got a new stereo. I got detailed car. Everything was back to new. And then about mm, six months later, uh, something fell on the passenger seat. You know, it was like a bucket seat. So I took my hand and I reached in between, you know, the, the high back and the, the bucket seat part to dig in there. And I pull my hand out and my fingertips are bleeding um, because wow. they couldn't get rid of the ground glass. The little mm-hmm. pieces that you don't see, you don't smell, you yep. don't hear any of that stuff. And it's like, but you reach down deep and you're going to get cut. It's there. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this emotional sobriety has, has done for me is I got, I got to dig deep and, and cut my fingertips a little here. And, and so I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and, and I, I've embraced it so much that it's, it's, uh, somewhat exclusive what I talk about, even when someone's like, well, you know, let's talk about the big book. Let's talk about the steps. So, all right, well, so let me show you where it fits in, in my recovery today. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, um, I just can't be one of those people where the only thing that changes is my breath, you know, sober for 35 right. years, right? you know, um, cause if I'm telling my boss, just, just go, you know, go screw himself. And I'm still yelling at my wife and I kick the dog. Well, I'm a winner. Cause I got 35 years of sobriety. He's like, no, no, I'm not. Not, not for mm. me, you know, I mean, other people, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging, but I, I need more than that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the things that we're, that I'm looking at today is, you know, I'm 56 years old, going on 57 
and I'm kind of going through a new cycle in my life, right? That it's it's gonna I'm gonna stop working one day, and I have to mm -hmm. plan for that. Um, and as as we ended this, um, you know, isolation and lockdown, you know, by our society not too long ago, I have to find new meetings and new people, and I gotta make friends in my fifties again. And I'm like, how do I do that? You know, how do I break into yeah. a group of guys who've been friends for 10 years and sober together? And I got to find new home groups. So there's a little bit of me kind of going through through that. Um, but at the same time, not alienating people because because of this emotional sobriety, because it's very difficult to listen to if you're not ready for it. And a therapist mm. told me, you know, many years ago when, when we were working with this stuff, you know, she said, Howard, you know, the further along the path you walk with this stuff, sometimes the less hands there are to hold. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, mm. it's going to be hard sometimes to find someone to talk to about this stuff. So I am so Howard, glad. Yes. So what, what yeah. weren't you doing for the first part of your sobriety <laughs> and recovery? Like, like what was the ground glass that you kind of came up against when you reached down? So the, so the first thing is, um, I mean, when I think back to my, my first marriage, uh, I had, I had no skills to be a husband whatsoever. Um, I, uh, I thought that because I had, you know, eight, nine, 10 years of sobriety and, you know, working the steps and, you know, I, I just had no clue on how to not get my way in a relationship. Um, I pretended real well, but I sat with the, you know, with the silent scorn that, um, you know, they talk about in the 12 and 12, uh, you know, and, and I just, I really was not a partner with my first wife. Um, and, and it's fair to say she wasn't either, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, she, she had a dynamic of being a little girl and I had a dynamic of being an overpower bearing parent. Right. So, mm -hmm. and we just cycled through that, you know, and we got a little better and then it got back to that. We got a little bit better, you know, talked to our sponsors, got, you know, and so I didn't, didn't have those, those skills. Um, and then another, another part really with the, you know, you, you keep getting fired in sobriety. Um, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at that until I was fired a fourth time. And the lady who worked at the, uh, I, was, I was actually a scientist, a pharmaceutical company doing research. And she said, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to bring you your stuff. Why don't we make a, an appointment? And, and, and we, we were friends. You know, and she says, and, and, and we're going to have some lunch. I said, Oh, okay, sure. So we had lunch, you know, she said, I, I need to, let you know, you know, kind of off the record why you got fired. Um, I said, oh, okay. And she said, um, you don't know how to talk to people at work. Mm. I said, she said, you know, your sarcasm and your humor are funny with me and you in our, my little office, mm. but in public, it's not adorable. Um, and especially because we worked with other cultures, she says, you know, I don't think you understand there's in other cultures, sarcasm is not a vegetable. You know, they, they don't talk that way. Um, because you, you grew up with it and I did too, but, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, I'll say, you know, uh, people from China, people from India, people from, uh, Russia, people from, you know, uh, other cultures where it just, you know, just wasn't you know, in the workplace. It wasn't, yeah. uh, popular. It wasn't, it wasn't cute. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, also, you seem to want to tell the truth 
<laughs> she says, ah. but, but, you know, when the group leader asks for, you know, feedback on something, something should be probably said in private and not in public. I, I realize you, you're being honest, but you made him or her look foolish in front of everybody else. And you were right. You know, the data was, was not good. And, and, but that was probably more of a private conversation than a public conversation. So, uh, and so these two kind of new character defects I discovered brought into kind of what, what me and Tom worked on, um, is I had to go to every fight I was invited to and some that I wasn't, and I was going to win. Wow. You know, I'm a smart guy and you know what? And I'm going to win. And the, the expression, I mean, I am so glad that I heard Alan say, oh, you know, in, in some, either the podcast or something, you know, instead of, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? He said, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be connected? And I was mm. like, ah, I'm alone because, you know, I, cause like that type of behavior while starts out fun and sometimes, uh, again, alienates people. They don't want to have a conversation with you because they know it's going to turn into a, a match, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, and my battle of wits is, 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 uh, is submitting, you know, from like a UFC standpoint. And I, I, I even had a sponsor one time. He says, you know, we were kind of going at it and he says, can't you just let me win every now and then? And wow. I, and I almost cried. You know wow. what I love? You know what I love about you though, is that, uh, <laughs> this is a desire for connection that's being thwarted. Like you are attempting to connect, you know, you're just right. trying to, now you need, now, you know, you need to change the medium. Correct. Correct. Oh, that's a really good point, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the goal. It's, nope. it's, 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 it's the method, the, the technique you need. To, that's what your, your person having lunch with you was trying to tell you. It's like, you got to do this in a different way. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the edginess that kind of I'm popular for in some, some circles, mm-hmm. um, really had to be worked on. So, uh, the epiphany was, um, on the emotional sobriety front is, so now I'm married a second time, uh, and we're, we're working on 14 years and April 1st is our anniversary. Um, and congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it gets second marriage for both of us. So we're, we, we've, we've, you know, bumped our head against the wall, both of us in different ways. And so now, uh, I, I'm, I'm not doing this again. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I am, I, I'm going to make this work, you know, in signs of, you know, difficulty and, and most, you know, not that recent, it's a, so it's a couple, couple of years ago, uh, her and I both were going through something medical. Um, she had, uh, thyroid cancer. Um, and that was, we knew about it. She was going to get surgery and she's fine now. It was, it was one of the, mm. you know, most benign cancers to have in general, we found out. Um, but you know, the process and the emotional turmoil and really the spiritual disruption in your life, you know, when you can't control your own body is, you know, tremendous. Right. So she gets the surgery back in, um, it was May 4th, uh, let's say 2022. Uh, and about a week after she's home recovering and something happens in me physically, my iron levels, uh, I I go to the bathroom, it's two in the morning and I pass out cold, uh, one, you know, and, 
I'm taken to the hospital and come to find out I had a serious iron deficiency almost that I could have died from, you know, and, wow. and they'd, we had to figure out what was causing it. And so I'm in the hospital for a week. And, and what happened, what I like to describe is, you know, in the past, one of us was, you know, well enough to talk the other one out of their tree, whatever that tree mm -hmm. is, you know, the fear tree, the anchor yeah. tree, the yeah. I'm, I'm hungry and I shouldn't eat tree, whatever it is. Yeah. And now we're both up in the fucking tree. Sorry. I'll say that again, so Ty Patrick. <laughs> and now we're both up in the tree. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was so mean to her. Yeah. And when I wasn't mean to her, I was mean to everybody else. Mm. And, uh, and it, we're, we're, we're looking at how much it hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, yeah, this is unacceptable. You, you don't get to talk to me like that after 33 years of sobriety. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, and so we got, we got some help. We, we, we got a, mm -hmm. a, a personal workshop, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. And, um, and we unpacked some stuff. And one of the things that, you know, I identified just some more hot buttons of um and w and one of them is uh that feeling of being taken advantage of i did not realize at a core level how much i was going to avoid that and so now once that was unpacked and uncovered oh so this is why i had to go to every fight i wasn't invited to and, it was a reflex i you, had you to just ha yeah i had to yeah and, um, so, uh, we have a, yeah, so here we are two years later. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the level of surrender I have about Howard being wrong is, is mm -hmm. awesome is, 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 has changed who I am. And so much so that we tease and Cheryl, my wife, she says, uh, mm -hmm. cause so the first instance I had to, uh, to not, uh, the term is uh, pugilistic. Yeah, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not. A, it's not a compliment. So the first chance mm -hmm. I had to you know, not be pugilistic is we were on a trip to Mexico, and our mm -hmm. room was messed up, and they were going to be charging us an extra fifty dollars a day. Now I understand the trip was thousands of dollars, and fifty dollars mm -hmm. a day wasn't mm -hmm. going to move the needle anywhere. But here it is. They're taking advantage of me, right? And she's watching me boil, start to boil, and we're in Mexico. Um, and I realize, you know what, is, is that a Marriott? And I say that because I just came up with the terms and I stopped and I, I just said, okay, you know, stop being good. And, okay. And, stop and, being. Right. And my wife is like, she's on the side. She's tense. Right. Cause she knows here he is, here he comes. I can see yeah. it. I can feel it. And I just put my arm around her and, I, and she says, is this okay with you? I said, and I just said, sweetheart, Marriott wins today. Marriott beautiful. Wins. beautiful. And she's like, okay. You know, and, and all through our trip, you know, something would happen. And I said, the taco stand wins. Sorry. You know, and I'm <laughs> telling you, it was, it is a great like reset. So she, she, it feels wonderful, right? Oh my God. It's, it, it's like, I mean, Roger and I've talked about this a lot on Thursday night. It's just, just, you know, how much, you know, how it's, it's hard to describe to somebody how, how wonderful it is to be wrong. You know, yeah. it's just like, but you, it's, every one of those times is an opportunity 
to experience ourselves at a whole different level when we've always because i not exactly like you but I, yeah i've got that part that just says you're not gonna make me look mine's always you're not gonna make me look stupid nope. so i so right. i i have to outsmart everybody you know and it's and it's like and guess what i'm not always i'm not always gonna outsmart everybody because first of all i'm not always smarter than everybody <laughs> no, and, and, and sometimes sometimes it, and it feels great to be able to say that and know when the marriott wins yeah so so during the trip she said she says, I, I like New Howard. <laughs> I started crying again. Well, there's no crying. <laughs> because I love it. You know, what, what had happened was, Patrick, just to you know, tie this into the emotional sobriety, I realized I became, well, let me say this. For all the, the insecurities I've had of being unattractive to women, most of it was physical, right? I was too heavy. I was too whatever, too old. Too, and what this showed when this showed up is like I was unattracted to my wife because of my personality. I had right. no idea with what I looked like, how much money I made, any of that. It was mm -hmm. this, you know, monster that would show up. Yep. And so, um, the, and this this has been very pervasive and very you know um, we've really had much nicer times, and it, it, I, I can't explain the. Uh, how many times it feels, or how how good it feels to 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 now have this almost be a a, a reflex rather than I got to think about I surrender, you know. So another example is uh, it was one morning I was at Starbucks, um, and uh, it was early in the morning, and it's a Starbucks where there's a school nearby, like a private school nearby, and so. Yeah, you go in there, and if you didn't order your stuff early, like you were gonna wait, even though you did like a mobile order, right? So mm. I get in there, and I'm like, and it's like standing room only, and I see you know one lady just like starting getting all worked up. Her order isn't ready, and I can see her, and I'm like, I'm watching Howard, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she asks, she asks to see the manager, and yeah, 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 in in a minute, because they're just you know they're just so busy. Comes over, and she says, you know, I have to be at work, you know what? And and goes on and on. And this guy, I looked at this guy. He looks at me, and I mean, we both kind of shrug. And he says to me, he says, "Well, they've been at work for two hours, you know, and you got to be at work. like they've been working. You think they care about you having to be at work? <laughs> they don't care mm -hmm. at all, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and for her, you know, it, Starbucks was winning, but she couldn't admit it, you know. Right. Um. So and and yeah. this yeah, the, but that, ex ahead. that experience of watching yourself from the oh, outside through that experience, I love that. Yeah, it was it was like that's what you look like to everybody else. I think I'm being some kind of hero, sticking up for myself. And it's like, yeah, but at what cost? I never thought about it this way, Howard. But it's exactly it's, an, it's exactly analogous to how it was when I got sober, and then I was still when I was because you know I'm not around many people who drink nowadays. But it's like in those days, I still was around people who were drinking, and to watch people be drunk mm -hmm. once I was sober was ridiculous. Yeah, you know, what am I, I mean, everything. Yeah. Well, well yeah. how, how? Why do you all talk so loud? Why do yeah. you stand close to me and breathe on me? You know, why do you repeat the same thing over and over <laughs> again? And I realized, oh my God, that's what I was doing. You know, yeah. and, and I, that, that's beautiful because you're right with the, the emotional sobriety. It's the same thing. You're watching and you're seeing. You're seeing where you've come from. Right. Well, and and like yeah. I said, with being present, like I have to worry less about my coffee and more about who I am in this space. 
right? <laughs> right. I, one of the things I'm a, I'm a fan of, of uh, the philosophy of stoicism, and, and I, one of the things that Marcus Aurelius talks about in his meditations very often is that his job is to, to every day is just to be the best best possible version of himself he can be, mm-hmm. and and it's it's like. I, and I love I love your way of putting that. I need to worry less. But you 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 have a you have a real. I'm a fan of this. So you have a good nutshell way of putting things. It's like you know I wrote down before we started. The secret to emotional sobriety is you got to be there. Is what you said. So I jotted that down. But the other thing is you got to worry less about your coffee. Yeah. It's like I love that. Yeah. I thought I'd ask you, Tom. Um, you you mentioned at one point on the show that. Uh, Somebody told you that you have such a wonderful sense of empathy that you cultivated, but that at one point in time you used it to hurt people or oh, <laughs> to, oh, yeah. to be mean. Yeah. But I oh. dare I say you've come a long way since then. Well, thank um, you. And so uh, how did some of that like tendency fall away or like what was some well, of the work you did? Well, first of all, it reminds me of the, the, the original story that I have a friend. I'm still in touch with her these days and. We're, we're old people, but would love, love to stay in touch. But I remember when we were probably 19 years old, sitting in a car in some parking lot somewhere, and, and her name was Maggie, and she said, she said, Tom, you're, you're one of the most perceptive people I've ever met. And I remember I can feel my chest just even puff up right now as I tell that story. I, you know, how about me? You know, da, da, da. And and it stopped there for me because I didn't hear, I didn't, I heard the words. I didn't listen. I didn't take it in what she said next, which is, which I think is incredible wisdom for a 19 year old young woman is she said, and you use it to hurt people. You know, it's like at that time, I can honestly say I didn't care. It was, mm-hmm. I was just glad I was so perceptive. It's, um, and I don't know the answer to the question you're asking about how, other than, and I don't think I really got anywhere close to that until my first marriage didn't survive me. And, uh, and I was still drinking after that. And, and, uh, and I, the people I was with friends and especially people I dated after that, I was, uh, uh, when I look back, I mean, talk about making amends, I was being mean and cruel to people, um, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know exactly. I'm, what you've done is you've inspired me to think about that process and where how that fits into my history because i i know i know i i think i think howard and i both have wives we're lucky to have because they don't put up with shit is that fair to say howard it's like my my my, my, there's there are a few things that i'm not sure i would maybe i would have i'm not there are a few things in my life and about changes in me that i'm not sure i would have ever gotten to if it wasn't if it wasn't for dd no. just having yeah. a just having a hard line it's like nope that's that yeah we're not doing that, that. Ain't it. yeah <laughs> and it was and you look in their eyes and you know they're not they're not fucking around they're telling you the truth and mm-hmm. so you go it becomes a choice do i want this do i do i want this relationship or do i do i want to be right smart whatever else all that other stuff and, and it's like and, and obviously with our wives today we've made the right decisions so far yeah but, you know what that um, means though that means that you really know when you've done good when you get that compliment it probably feels like nothing yeah. else uh, oh it's it's a wonderful thing to, because it's so yeah you could take you could take that compliment and we could take it back in time and, and, and share it with people that i knew when i was in my when i was in my drinking days and, and say this is a, this is a description of Tom Rutledge, 
and and they they would just go no it's not it's yeah. like it's it, it's not, not nowhere near it's like it's it's uh yeah it's amazing how god it's amazing how, now how much we change isn't it yeah, yeah. and uh you, you know, the thing that was said to me tom similar to you is um uh is you know you know howard howard i, I really i really do like you but you make it so hard to be around you. Oh, that's beautiful. And that was said to me just before I did start some of the codependency work. And he mm -hmm. says, I, I think you need to take a look at why you, you make it so hard to be around you. Um, so I, 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 I'd like to just kind of tip off something or not tip, but like put a little like icing mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. on the cake of Newton, this mm -hmm. new Howard thing. Cause yesterday, okay. yeah. uh, my wife and I, we went to, um, uh, we, we live near Princeton, New Jersey. And so we went there to, I, I need new eyeglasses. And we went to the Warby Parker place or whatever, which is a fascinating little like setup. It, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so we went there and, and, you know, we were getting hungry and then, which was about turning to hangry for both of us. And, mm -hmm. I, and while I was doing the glasses, she looked for a place to eat. And, and again, I used to be very picky about where I ate, you know, and if you were to look at me, uh, you would say, he's not a picky eater. Uh, but, it was, I wasn't a picky eater. I was, uh, I just had ideas that were very, I think more helpful mm -hmm. than hers. That's all, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> not silly. Uh, so she picked mm -hmm. a place and we, we were waiting at the door and the guy greeted us and said, you know, two people and, and we're waiting and we're waiting and two people come out and, and we're waiting. And, and she's like, uh, uh, she's like, are you okay? I said, I said, yeah, I, th I, you know, I said, I think new Howard's mm -hmm. doing okay right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's a little fresh. She's like, so what would old Howard do right now? <laughs> she, oh, wow. she, she wants me to engage. Right. And, uh, I, I said, I said, you know, I, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, like oh, bullshit. Of course I remember. Nice. But I just, I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't remember what old Howard. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, I'd like, let's find somewhere else. I said, yep, let's find somewhere else. Um, you know, the pancake house one. No, yeah, we went somewhere else and yeah. we went to this Mediterranean place, which was fantastic. Uh, if you, well, Tom, hmm. if you ever come back here, I have to take you there. It's like a, it's a Turkish uh, place. Uh, Patrick, you as well. It, was, it, was, it, it turned out to be a really happy accident. And, and we joked about the, you know, the way, uh, just the analysis and being aware of it. And when she said, what would, what would old Harvard do? I was like, oh, got it. Got it. You you want you mm -hmm. want you want um you want me to ask for the manager, right? Um, and I didn't. Didn't ask for the manager. Nice. Well, and, and that's I love that because because this is one of those things where it's depending on our individual history. So somebody somebody who's who's not you and mm -hmm. who you know who's not gotten into got them not so hard to be around in their history that kind of stuff. Uh, it might it might even be a, a, a really appropriate challenge for them to ask to see the manager. It might be you know be mm -hmm. like, you, right. he goes and reports that to his therapy group and says, "Well, good for you, man, for doing that." For you, it's it's like it's picking up a drink yeah. and you're going like. Uh -uh. It's like it's it's not. In other words, it's fine to ask for the manager, but I don't know if you think of it this way. But I think there are certain things, certain behaviors that are like picking up the first drink. And, and I use the, I, yeah. I use the AA thing of think the drink through. Okay, that's fine. I could do that. But what what's likely to happen next? And and what you know? And I think it sounds like you did that. Chose that. And I also love the idea that you can also encode in your history now 
this other this other concept of happy accidents. It's yeah. like you know, it's about being in the moment. You never know that this may be the better thing to happen. Nope. So let's just go. Let's go with it. Yeah, and, and, like, and, and New Howard can do that. New yeah. Howard can go like, oh, let's see what happens. Right. It's like, well, did, rather than let's make it happen the way I want it. To. Yeah. I, it's like I didn't know you could do that with zucchini. Huh, look at that. There you go. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Howard. Uh, so can I? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Can I ask? Um, mm-hmm. So what's like the frontier of emotional sobriety for you right now? Like, what's the thing that like the next thing that you feel like you really need to kind of get your hands in and. Like, the, like the, the growing edge, as a teacher of mine used to say, what's your growing edge? Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of looking in the distance here to how to, how to put this in a succinctly. I, so in, in the job I have now, uh, uh, I, I, I changed careers. I, I went from being a chemist, um, because I, I talked last week about how I, w- I was able to change professions once I got out of debt and go be a school teacher. So mm-hmm. in 2009, I started teaching uh, a private high school, uh, religious school, Jewish school. And uh, it, it's um, started teaching chemistry and physics. And, uh, and it's the last job I've had. Uh, it's the longest job I've ever had. And... Uh, I remember in the first year, my wife was saying, you know, this must be a good fit for you. I said, well, how do you know that? She says, because you haven't taken a sick day all year. And I was like, huh. You know, my other job, I took them all the time. And I wasn't sick. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, so, well, well, maybe kind of. Yeah, right. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but no, the yeah. point is, like, I wanted to be there. And yeah. so over the years, I... I um, Again, I, I had to work on my emotional sobriety there as well from the standpoint of uh, working with teenagers. Uh, you know, in my other Jesus. profession, I hadn't been doing that. And, and you, you, that's, you, like, that's like Ph.D. level work. I mean, in yeah. emotional sobriety, working with teenagers, man. Well, here, here's, the, here's the deal, Tom. I'm, I'm actually it's I'm only working with teenagers. Now, some of them are actually 16 years old and some of them are 37 mm. or 54 or 63. I you got you. Me? I got you. Yeah. So, in a way, we're always working with teenagers. <laughs> You're right. That's a really good point. Um, so, uh, over the years, uh, as I've I've inserted myself more into uh, the school and, and part of the culture, uh, this past year, I got a, a promotion into administration. So now I'm teaching a few classes, and I'm administration, and I'm in charge of student conduct. So. Uh, and I don't have a degree in administration, um, but mm-hmm. I have I have experience at the school. Mm-hmm. So they felt mm-hmm. uh, that that was more powerful or ha- ha- held more uh, weight, I guess, yeah. to to the pr- profession or what they wanted. And I was also familiar with the school and everything, so they could they could have gone outside. I, my feelings wouldn't have been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would understand. That, there's certain optics that some people need to see letters after someone's name. It's okay, mm-hmm. but in this case. It was um, it was it was a good fit, and I've been learning. Uh, it's like almost a, a reset uh, in in learning how to, you know, be uh, a part of a culture uh, and also represent. Um, I'll say a group conscience, you know, to the mm-hmm. you know, AA term because you know the administration we have a meeting on something and 
the principal puts something forth, and uh, it doesn't matter what, whether you agree with it, it, it's going to happen. So you can right. you, you can act like you like it, and and nobody else on, on you know who's not administration won't know that you don't like it, or you you can mm-hmm. act like you don't, and then they'll see the division in the team. So uh, so that that's not the challenging part is acting you know, is is uh, being part of a group conscience because actually I explained it to the principal when I first got the job why you know why he says you seem pretty agreeable I said well here's why you know I just I just told him you know where I come from with the recovery and everything so the part that I'm now working on is when I was a teacher I might get 10 emails a day and none of them were from parents. They're usually from, you know, hey, we have this next week, or don't forget about this, or we need help uh, with this uh, program. Okay. I now have 127 emails in a day. Um, and the same amount of time I had when I was a teacher. Right. So my sense of either not doing enough, not accomplishing things, all that has come back. Uh and so I'm having to treat that every day, every day. Mm-hmm. There isn't a day where I sit down and say, oh, yeah, look at you. You you have too much time on your hands. You know, it, it, no, <laughs> you know, there, it, it, so uh, I've had to, from time to time, open myself up to people on the administration team. Uh, and the beauty of that is once again, as my sponsor says, Howard, you're the only one who doesn't think you're doing a good job. Wow. That's got to feel so good. Right. And I'm just like, oh. I mean, I was really expecting, yeah, you know, we really did nothing. Not one of them has said anything like the, the horseshit I tell myself in my head. Right. So the challenge for me today, Patrick, is to pay attention, you know, pay very close attention to that. Um, and well, and to let yeah. the messages from outside have the credibility instead of that message in your head Correct. that you and I both have, that, that is the, that is, well, all the three of us have is this completely predictable. It's always going, it's always going to come down to, by the way, you're a piece of shit yeah. and you're not doing enough. It's like, like, okay, that voice, that voice stays with us. Just as far as I know, just like my little tequila boy, alcoholic voice stays in there. But the truth is it's our job not to have, not to give them any credibility. And what your what your feedback tells you is listen to the people who are that you, that you respect who are giving you information. Sometimes they're giving you information by not giving you information. They're not complaining. They're not no. asking for something more. Nope. They're no. satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually just on on Friday sat down with a colleague. He's a vice principal. And I said, uh, all right. Uh, he says, how are you doing? I said, not good. He says, oh, let's go to my office. Mm-hmm. And I just told him how overwhelmed I was, and he's and he's seen some of my emails I've had to put out, and, and he says, "Yeah, I, I could see you being overwhelmed," and and he says, "You just got to be careful not to get burnt out." He says, and and I said, "Oh, you can see me getting burnt out." He says, "Yeah, yeah." And he says, and we all have like little triggers. I can see people when they're burnt out. He, he mentions one guy, he gets like this, another guy. Gets, I said, oh, I, and and I asked him a question I probably didn't. I, I was like, I said, okay. What's my trigger? What do you see? What he says? He says, "Are, are you sure?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." Just, just what's hurt. what's my tell? You want to know? I, I, yeah. I, I said, "Yeah, just hurt my feelings." That's all. I know. Come on, let's uh-huh. go. Uh-huh. And he says, "You you get snippy. 
your 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 sarcasm comes out you get real edgy wow and i and i just smiled he says he says i'm sorry i said no 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 i said that's awesome that's awesome he i said so i, I even said to him, i said i said you know what today uh i'm i'm there won't be any edge. You'll see. Thank you. I needed that. And I just decided something, something just didn't need to be said that day. Eh, you know what? They're going to get in trouble again. I'll, I'll tell the kid again, but it's like, I have a feeling he's right. And I'm just going to be edgy to a, to a kid. And let me tell you something, guys, the, the most, <laughs> oh, Tom swears, the most fucked up amends I've had to make over the past few years mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. is to a teenager. When I stepped out of line as a professional, mm-hmm. And then they say, well, you're, you're the adult. I said, whoa, like you're the adult. You don't have to apologize. Well, what? I said, well, I'm sorry that, that that's the way you think, but I actually do have to apologize. I said, I, I acted very unprofessional. And, and I've had to do that a handful of times. It's no fun. Um, th- but everybody feels better. That's the good news because they realize, oh, God, he, he doesn't, he knows he's wrong and, and he's willing to fix it. And, and so, but to get to that point, that's what I'm working on today is like, uh, when, and, and so Tom, my, you know, you got your should monster and your tequila boy. Mm-hmm. So I got Mr. Mm-hmm. Doubt. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and Mr. Doubt is relentless. He is not, you know, he's never taken a nap. Right. Oh, they don't sleep at all. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, I just don't, I don't want to let it go unobserved. It is such a transformational moment to receive an amends from somebody. And, uh, mm-hmm. I received one when I was a teenager from, the first friend I ever knew to get sober. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine that the teenager you made that amends to and and you kind of doubled down and you insisted that no, um, regardless of our age difference, um, mm-hmm. I have something that I need to account for. And that just inevitably that's gonna be something that if it's a he that he will remember, you know, for quite yeah. some time. Well the question I often ask, even you know, apologizing to people is like what what do you gain by not apologizing? It's interesting when you, you said that question. I so I took I, I just took it without con without content there and just just put it in my head, and whatever the response was going to be when the, in the, in the in my my old way of being that I that I still have the potential to do, but the response to that was always would, would always be truthfully, I am going to avoid whatever, you know, because what I was going to do by not doing it is I'm. Going going to avoid something yep. you know i'm not going towards something i'm not going to accomplish anything i'm just going to sidestep and get the hell out of here and that's you know the chicken shit way of doing it yeah one of the things that was i started to see was very helpful in i'll say you know later sobriety it's not early sobriety you know is like all these little tells that we have all these little things and the most recent job i lost you know years ago i went to work at the grocery store and um, it's part time, you know, I was unemployed, you know, mm-hmm. and, and of course my thing was, you know, I was making 80 grand a year and I had to take a pay cut working at the, uh, at the grocery store. And someone said, well, mm-hmm. if you were unemployed, it sounds like you got a raise. Uh, so he went, you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> like, he went, what were you making before? Oh, zero. Well, no, I mean, I was making I 80. That. No, no, no. I Last week it. you were making zero. No. So you got a raise. So sit down and shut that person, up. That person was helping with your humility right there. Right. <laughs> right. And so then the other thing he says, hey, you know, and, and I had like 20 years of sobriety at this point, right? Still losing my job and all that. And he says, hey, let, let me ask him, what if, you know, what do, you know, next time you get fired from a job, you have to go into the room and start over your sobriety? Like, let's say that's your new bottom line. 
I'm like, well, that's wow. ridiculous. He says, yeah, but what if it isn't? I bet you're going to keep every job now, aren't you? And Please. do what it takes, aren't you? So, you know, wow. if, if, you know if, like I, I sponsored a guy and he would get into like these yelling matches with his kids. Or I said, I'll tell you what, you know, like 11 years. Next time you yell at your kids, you got to go in and say, I start, I, I start your day count over. <laughs> well, that's, what, yeah. that, what do you mean? What? Well, just think about it. See, look how, look how upset you got when you have to start your day. Right. Kind of, you know, oh, what if we redefine your sobriety there instead of, you know, with tequila? I love that. Yeah. We offer many things, but one of the things from a certainly cognitive point of view, we just offer people different ways of looking at things. And part of our humility is to be open to listen to that. So, you know, so you're, so I can be dead, hell bent on something and, and Howard or, or Patrick, you, either one of you can say, hey, look, come over here and look at it from this angle. Yeah. And, you know, in the old days, I wouldn't have done that. But 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 if, but nowadays I'll go over and look at an angle. And and like like we talked about earlier, Howard, it's, it feels so good that I will go like, oh, wow, I never yeah. I never even thought about it this way. And it cha- it gives me a change of perspective. It's going to go with me for from here on. Yeah. Hey, Alan. Um, how you doing? Um, I've had a rough couple of days here. Yeah, you've been hurting. I've been thinking about you, man. Um, my leg is probably twice the size that it's supposed to be right now, which is not good. So tiring, man. I've been good news today. I got more sleep than I've gotten. <laughs> We're good. Wow. I'm a I'm a big fan of being unconscious whenever you can in situations like that. So. <laughs> well, tell me what you guys been doing? You guys been? Did you go back into the grapevine, or are you just doing a? No, we've been picking on Howard. Yep. Your favorite subject, Alan. <laughs> Picking on Howard. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're getting stupid. I mean, Alan, Alan was in so much pain, you didn't have time to find a black shirt. He wore a shirt with color in it. Look at that. Is that... <laughs> have you ever seen me in a shirt with color on? I've only seen you in a black T-shirt and a sport coat. Um, it it's... might not be me then. Oh, interesting. It's true. <laughs> You mean somebody may have come in and, and taken my Zoom link and, and shown up as me? I was going to mention Tom's refrain about you can all, it's easy to have a good day on a good day. Um, yeah. And uh, we've been talking about how emotional sobriety shows up for us uh, on our bad days. But I thought I would put a question to Howard and maybe we could all kind of chime in about like, how do you see emotional sobriety really coming in for you when? you know, your ego's big and things are going well. And, you know, is there a way that like you kind of help to keep your center of gravity um, during those moments where you get a little bit, uh, things run away, run away a little bit in that regard? Well, the, the other day when I was, when I was celebrating uh, at the anniversary meeting and, and I was talking about emotional sobriety and uh, one of the ways I, because uh, my, my new bottom line, like I was just telling with Tom is everything is, uh, you know, I, I know that this last year of sobriety was, you know, emotionally balanced because I think I only asked to see the manager once this year. Uh, uh, nice. And um, and I, I you know, uh, as you, you you know, the Tom, I, I I I shared a few other nutshells and everything, uh, and and so people came up to me afterwards and you know, really is oh, I'm gonna remember this, I remember that, and all that. And so when that happens, uh, that's when I start to get a little like, oh, I got this. I got this right, mm-hmm. um, but the reality is, um, and and in the moment, I'm going to give it to me. Like, yeah, I, it was a Saturday morning. 
I haven't fought with anybody, you know. <laughs> I haven't asked for a manager. I, you know, my, my wife and I are going to, and it, it is a great morning, and, and that too shall yeah, pass. Credit, right? credit, I just call it credit where credit is due. Right. It's, it's, it's not, you're not over, you're not overstepping it. You're just, no. you're just being, you're part of, part of being realistic, which is what we're always talking about. This is about being realistic is sometimes I'm doing great. And yeah. sometimes I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing. And, and, and it's okay for me to acknowledge that. Exactly. And so, but I know, uh, look, I'm, I've been sober long enough to say that this too will pass. Okay. So what, what mm-hmm. are you going to do when it passes? Right. What are you going to do when uh, your wife disagrees with something, you know, some wonderful suggestion you came up with and there's no, re- <laughs> no reason for her to say no. Um, mm-hmm. And so I honestly, guys, I, so I, I probably don't go to as many meetings as I used to when I first got sober, but there's pretty much not a moment in the car where I'm, I don't really listen to music anymore. I'm either mm-hmm. listening to emotional sobriety podcasts or I'm listening to one of my other guys. His name is Dr. John Deloney. Uh, he's got a great podcast. I like mm-hmm. Dr. Laura. I like, you know, mm-hmm. anytime I, I can listen to something about self-improvement, I'm reading a book right now. Uh, I'm actually listening to you know, an audio book called the comfort crisis. Uh, by Michael Easter. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that before, but it, I, I, I surround myself with um, things that keep me grounded. And it really is because I know my ability to just lift myself off the ground and, and just look mm-hmm. look down on all of you. I don't care if you've mm-hmm. been sober 52 years, Alan. Let me tell you, you know, uh, well, you know, like, let me show you the one spot where I think you need help, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I can get there. It, it'll take minutes, not weeks, not months. It'll take minutes. Howard, you mean there's just one? <laughs> well, he's he's not as sharp in that direction as he used to be. Anyway, so Patrick, that's that's really you know, the reality. I, I have to surround myself with um, ways to think about myself better, ways to think about other people better, because that's the other thing is you know this whole don't take it personally. That was one of my the two favorite lines out of the the twelve uh, essential. Um, book is it's not personal and nobody's coming mm-hmm. uh just when i first started getting this those those the two things i needed to hear um mm-hmm. and then I've, as i've grown you know the acceptance one again you know i don't have to be right all the time uh, has also been there but you know this whole personal thing but you know that's the taking advantage mm-hmm. same idea right that other people you know they don't wear little signs that say yeah my, my dog is in the hospital today Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or, or my friend just had, you know, surgery and he's not feeling well and I have to go help him. Or, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. And so why don't why don't I make up a story that says that's what they're dealing with today instead of Howard's in their way? If I, beautiful. Know? If I'm going to assume something, why don't I assume something like that? Yeah. And yeah, because we're all so great at assuming. And but we, you know, right. that selfish assumption versus benevolent assumption like, like probably something that person's having a tough time yeah yeah, yeah i see yeah. it though howard it's like you know you're describing how you're and i guess because of the question that's being put to you so I'll, i understand the context of it but you know you're describing how you're protecting yourself from that ego but you know the other side i see in you which i've really and i see that part and i respect that by the way i respect how you've really embraced your, your humility right and and see that is something that you have to have to actively engage in right actively promote so to speak in your life 
yeah. on a daily basis, which I think is 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 really it's it's look that's it's it's important I think for all of us. But the other side I see in you is there's a part of you that is so committed to your growth and development. And it's not just about, you know what I mean, protecting you from becoming this egomaniac that you can be or this arrogant guy that's going to go through life like a bull in a china shop. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you've done that and you've, you've suffered that and that's caused a lot of pain in your life. I know that. But I see this other side of you that I think is so wonderful, man. It's just this part of you that's so you're like, you know, a child with curiosity about what you're covering and see and a lot of the stuff i think is also driven by that side of you yeah. thank you that makes sense i mean i see that i love that in you you look i it's one of the things i love hanging out with you is that i love how the, the awe you bring about like emotional sobriety and recovery and 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 just being you know the the you know, showing up in this world in the best way you can show up. That's a good thing. And that's a good takeaway for anybody listening too, because this takes us back to the thing that we talk about. We've talked about this on the podcast before is I was, there's two, two forms of recovery, recovery, recovery from and recovery of when we first start. So when we started, we were talking about, uh, um, Howard's beginning in emotional sobriety. We're talking about what we're recover, you know, we're, we're recovering from. You know, I was recovering from 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 my uh, from losing. I, I was I was running from losing my job. I was losing from running my my relationship from getting the DUI, all those things. And and then there's a shift, and now all of a sudden I'm pursuing. I'm, it's not I'm running from. I'm pursuing, and and that's what Alan's talking about with you. The cool thing about it is if we go back and say, are you still recovering from those things? Yes. Yeah. Today, I'm not going to get a DUI. Today, my wife is not going to leave me. Now, that's not front of, front of my mind, but it still works. But the, but the focus is like what Alan's saying about you, Howard. I think it's a great description is is basically it's, you know, it's it's what can I discover? Yeah. What can I discover today? And it's like you know, and and I and while we're while I'm babbling here, I just want to say in response to Patrick, your your question is when we're doing well, because uh, because uh, uh, Howard's Howard uh, kind of inspired me to to get my answer to that, which is it's good for me to remember to stay in touch with you guys. It's good for me to, to stay in touch with my support even when I'm doing well, because I have a, I have a history of drifting off. I'm okay. I don't need that, you know, and you, you, I use support when I'm in trouble. I need support. It's like, no, I need, I need to be in touch with my support people on a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And I need to have that. And it, and, and just the perspective, because we're never all doing great. No. And it really, it really helps, you know, it helps to know, you know, it's like, I'm sorry that Alan's dealing with his pain. It's like, like, but, it, but, but, but talk about a selfish program. I use that. I go. I go like I'm. I'm. I'm wishing the best for for him. I pray for him, and and I'm and I'm grateful that you know when I'm looking at my life, I'm grateful that I'm not I'm not in pain today. You know, it it makes it. You know, I had a I had a sponsor used to say, "Wake up every day and think of problems you don't have," and he he said, "It's okay. Think of problems your friends have." 
that you don't have. It's it's you know because that was really difficult for me. But it's really important if we if we keep perspective by staying by being in these conversations. You showing up when you did. It's got big. Um, you're only late for your first meeting. Energy. Yeah, it's a uh, great to see you. Great to see your beautiful uh, face. But anyway, go right ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to say. See, see, I, there's this great poem by Blake that goes something like this, and I'm not just paraphrasing this, but I think it'll be close. So as you walk into the um, center court in Wimbledon, the, pl- the poem goes something like, you know you've arrived when you meet success and failure and you treat those imposters as the same. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. You know you've arrived when you meet success and failure and you treat both of those imposters as the same. So see, I, I think one of the things that happens emotional sobriety and i think that this is an important point to make here is when we talk about balance what we mean is is that we don't treat a great day as an imposter that this is what life is about as tom was saying Mm -hmm. this is part of the experience it's not the entire experience The, the gestalt the whole experience is what we do when we take a great day and a bad day and how we put those together in our life and treat them the same that this is just an experience i am having now and i can embrace that experience for what it is right now and not judge it as good or bad it's just what i'm experiencing now and to find value in both because there is as much as i hate it i mean as much as i you know, want to say, I just want good days. And I used to want that a lot more than I do now. I think I've mm-hmm. started to grow up a little bit after 52 years in recovery. Howard may have a different opinion about this in a minute here, but, but I, I, I've got, <laughs> Howard's he's laughing. You guys, I took it. I see, I preempted the shot he was going to make. See, I've learned to do that. Now. Mm-hmm. It's like, see, I'm, I'm getting good at boxing. I'm learning how to duck that left hook mm-hmm. that's coming but but seriously i think i'm a little better at it today it, is trying to just embrace what is as what is and i think that's the balance that bill was talking about is that it's not about being happy it's not about being sad it's about being alive and well being alan, what you're doing is you're, you're talking about you we we actually over time through this process we change our definition of a good day it's like a good day is not just a day where I'm happy, 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 and everything's going my way. It's like a good day is when we're learning shit. A good day is when we feel a connection. I, I'm having a good day right now because I'm feel connected to 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 the three of you guys. It's, yeah, it's like I can sleep and then wake up and come into the middle of the podcast and not yeah. judge myself that I didn't get here at the beginning and enjoy you guys and show up for you guys. And I was eager. I couldn't wait to say hi to you guys and see you guys mm-hmm. today. Yep. You know, only right now, and it's great to be connected to you guys. So, see, I, I think that that's what we're striving for here with this emotional sobriety. How can we bring a perspective to life that is going to allow us to experience whatever we're going to experience? And to be able to embrace it for what it is and value whatever it brings. See, that's where I get to I'm okay even if. 
-hmm. See, if I can somehow start to integrate that. Now, look, it sounds wonderful. I wish I could pull that off all the time. I hope you guys know that I don't. I mean, I get close to it at times. There's even moments when I think I, I experienced that. But it's, it is, what do we say? We strive for progress yeah. along this, you know, not perfection. Yeah, I, I think also the, the language I use uh, has changed, right? So what I mean by that is my day no longer has like an emotion attached to the entire day, right? So right. I, I had I had a pretty good, I had about 9,000 good moments today right. and one really right. shitty one, you know, and, and so I'm going to deal with the, 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 in the past we would, we would have a, we would have a day by 10, 10 AM. We've had a rough time for a second and we, and we labeled the day yep. and it, it becomes an affirmation. Bad yeah. day. I'm having bad. a bad day. Right. It's like you don't, and you, you take yourself out of the game. Yeah, That's I mean, exactly when, I, right. when I've tried to, you know, people, you know, when people at work say, oh, how's your day? Like, they're just being polite. But there's some people I could say, well, I didn't get quite done everything I wanted to, but I'm okay with that. You know, in mm -hmm. other words, I admit I admit the uh, the deficiency to myself. I'll, I'll say it out loud. And then I, I say out loud, I'm okay with it. it you know, mm -hmm. there are some things that just didn't get done today. Right? And, and I think that's where right. the I, I play a little game with myself that, Oh, I so I I, I was going to get all this done today. No, nobody thought I was. So what? what why? Mm -hmm. Why? Why not admit that? You know, and and how many people did I help today? I mean, if I measured it by that, right. it's like every day is great. Quite honestly, unless it's zero. Mm -hmm. If it's zero, then I, I got to work on that. But mm -hmm. I I really sometimes say, you know, I, I helped a bunch of people today, um, and I pissed one off probably, you know, but mm -hmm. um, okay. Part for the course. Yeah. Yeah. And this has been a recurring theme uh, these last few episodes. Anytime somebody actually tells me how their day is, uh, I'm going to take that as a gift. All right. Well, uh, shall we wrap there, guys? Let's do it. Sure. I was going to tell everyone what was wrong with Alan, but go ahead. You know, we can wrap it there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just send me an email. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you